it is very countercultural right now um, because it's very much, you know, you be your own God. You take care of your temple, but not temple of the Holy Spirit. Like there, it's very much like you are a temple. You do you, you know, you only live once, that type of stuff. And um, God is saying, I need you to slow down and recognize I'm residing in your temple that you're not taking care of because there's idols on the throne. I think that, that one of the key things you just said there is slow down slow down. I don't think we want, we don't want to do that. One, because there's always something to do. There's always something not just to do, but that needs to be done, yeah, right? Yeah. There's, our, our schedules are too full. But, um, you know, when we slow down and we get quiet, then that's when he speaks to us. And sometimes, you know, he's always gentle and it's always good. God is always good. But there's issues that then we have to work. We have to put in the work. He's yeah. going to reveal it and he's going to say, I'm going to help you with it. And we're going to do this together, but you've got to put in some work. You know, and so th that's hard. Mm -hmm. That is really hard. I, I also think there's something really beautiful that happens when you, like you're talking about, like identify all those things and bring yeah. them into the light. Mm -hmm. Because like that Satan manipulates what's in the darkness. You right. know what I'm saying? He uses that against you. And that's where like shame comes in and all those things. But when you bring those things into the light and you say this, this, and this, like I see, I see what you're yeah. doing. Yeah. Like that brings freedom, mm -hmm. you know, and that brings, that brings power too. Mm -hmm. Cause then you're like, okay, like if I can identify that, yeah. then I have the power to say, no, yeah. like we're not doing this. And I'm going to stop this here instead of in, in the drive through line. Yeah. You know what Cause I can see that with my sin in my life of like, if you look at that thing you struggle with, yeah. it's not, you didn't make the decision to start or stop right before that thing happened. Mm -hmm. You made that decision the second that thought entered your head. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, if you can stop the thing right here mm -hmm. before, you know, that's where you can find freedom. Because yeah. you, you, right at that moment where you're desperate, it's like, yeah. you're too far it's gone almost at too that late. Point. Yeah, it's right. too late. You got to take late. the thought captive yeah. when it first comes. Yes. And, yeah. Well, you said it, once it's exposed and then you know the scheme of the enemy, you know what he's trying to throw at you. It is so much easier then to fight back. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I've learned uh, recently, and Carrie, I think you're the one who taught me this. I'm not sure. I think you're the one who taught me this about, um, about forgiveness is that if she, you were telling me about like, like for instance, if, if there's an offense, somehow there's an offense, if my husband gets me upset or my kids don't meet my expectation, then I get angry and there's like a foothold, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then if I hold that unforgiveness in me and then something else happens, it begins to build and eventually that becomes a stronghold in my life. Um, and so we want to quickly forgive in order for the devil not to get a foothold and certainly not to get a stronghold. But what I'm thinking when I was listening to you talking is about, like with food, if, if I get easily offended and I am readily admitting I have issues with food, I, I go to food, I love Jesus and I still go to food. Yes. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like yeah, I yeah. am a work in progress, yeah. but it, yeah. um, and I'm just sitting here convicted and have nothing to add. But the point is, is that it, um, I think what food can do is the same for me as like unforgiveness. If I go to pizza, that as an, as an offense, then that becomes like a foothold, right? Mm -hmm. And then as I continue to go to pizza, that becomes a stronghold in my life. Or if I'm constantly going to whatever it is, ice cream at night before you go to bed, all of a sudden it owns you. Yeah, Do you exactly. know what I mean? As, and you just thought you were comforting yourself, yeah. but this is not, this is a deeper issue. This is like, it now controls. I remember reading part of your book and you were talking about how you plan ahead. You would plan ahead what, like what the mini, what was going to be provided at the event. Mm -hmm 
so that you would be able to make sure that you had enough food or you were gonna where you were gonna stop to eat like after the event or like don't eat there because yeah. it's okay because I'll eat after I leave you know I've done that yeah. I've done that because I plan well I don't want anybody to think I have an issue yeah and yeah. so I'll just do it in yeah. quiet, you know, but eventually it shows up, yeah. you know. And don't you think Satan would love for us to believe that it's not really that big of a deal? Oh, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, he wants us to think it's really not that big yeah. of a deal. Don't worry about it. Like, it's just, it's just some ice cream at McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? Minimize yet, it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Jenna, I love how the vulnerability of your story, I mean, you give all the glory to Jesus yeah. for everything. So it's like what was meant to be harmful, you are literally like Jesus is everything. And so it's not an ABC step. It's like find the Lord, spend time with the Lord. You know, one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. So a lot of times when I am saying, like, do I need to eat the whole carton of ice cream or can I just have one scoop? Because it is. It's a, a lot of times for me it's self-control. I mean, I could down that whole carton and have no problem. But I'm just saying, like, I feel like your vulnerability and your walk is so inspiring to so many people. And I'm just so thankful that your story is just bringing Jesus more glory. Thank so you. I'm That's really, really my biggest prayer because um, when I first started this with the groups, I was like, because I actually have a recorded video. And so through this process already, I've lost inches and I lost pounds. But it's like, yes, I'm excited about yeah. that. But it's like the freedom I feel in my heart and my mind is so much more important. And it's like, God, I've just fallen so much more in love with you by bringing my junk to you. Like, that is the freedom that God has for us to where he meets us where we are. And so when I was starting this and went to record the video that was like a kind of a promo video for the groups, um, I really was like, God, can I just wait till like I got it together and then put this whole big program out there, you yeah. know, where I'm like the skinny mini little girl and all this stuff. And like, and here's the after. Yeah, like before <laughs> after. <laughs> We've seen enough of that. I've exactly. seen enough of that. That's good. Yeah. Well, and honestly, my thought was like, people are going to look at me because I still have a lot of weight to lose. And people are going to look at me and be like, well, what does she have to bring to the table? You know, and that's where Satan's wanting to, absolutely. But that's where Satan's wanting yeah. to pull us back absolutely. is and look at what, yeah. what the problem really isn't. Mm -hmm. um, well, and it was just the, the opposite is. when I heard about you, right? And I knew you were going to be talking at the conference and I pictured this fitness trainer, right? Yeah, exactly. And when I met you, I thought, I'll listen to her. Yeah. And not, I, that was my own sin, not yeah. maybe wanting to listen to the super fit one, yeah, yeah. but in my mind was already like, what would she know? Because yeah. she doesn't know my struggle, but you know, you're, you're in the struggle. You're doing it, you, you know what I mean? So the thing that Satan was trying, my point is Satan was trying to tell you, yeah. wait, because they're gonna discredit you because you're not super, super fit, right? And that's the very thing that God is going to use to draw people to you. Yeah, where they'll absolutely. go, wait a minute, she kind of gets it, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. And that was very much where God was just like, the moment that you wait for an external thing to qualify you to speak truth, mm -hmm. you're still off target. Like, yeah. I am your only qualifying yeah. factor. So good. It's idolatry. And, right. And so. so I had to really be like, okay. And I'm like, you know, I'm getting in the trenches with y'all. Yeah. Like, I mean, I am with it too. And really, truly, isn't that Christ? He came in the trenches for 33 years yeah. before. Mm -hmm. Like, talk about a process, yeah. committing to the process. Like, I mean, if I was Jesus, I would just feel like, let's just go get this done, wham, bam, be like, let's do it, you yeah. know? Yeah. Right. But 33 years before he actually went through that um, crucifixion process. But 
it's very much we have to be in the trenches with those. And I think that's the gospel is go and make disciples, not just Absolutely. drop the word, but hey, let me get in it with you because I'm human too. And so it was very much, it's very much been a humbling experience, but it's one where I found so much grace. And that's why I, I asked God, I said, what do you want this thing to be called? Um, there's so many like, eat right, eat thin, you know, all those things about the program. I'm like, this cannot be a program. Right. And um, he just brought the words tenacious grace because his grace is the only thing that brings us out of idolatry. And his grace for us is so tenacious. Like from the day of the garden when she ate the apple or the fruit and God went and pursued them when they were hiding and said, where are you? He knew he was God. But that question was for their hearts to pull them out. Say, even though you are hiding in your shame, I'm still pursuing you. That's my tenacity. That is where I want to find you, is in the midst of your stuff. And so the redemption story started right then and there because it was a tenacious process to bring grace to us, mm -hmm. to sustain us, and to pull us out of the muck. And one of the things when I was walking through hardcore rebellion and idolatry for so many years um, he just really showed me idolatry is a pit with no bottom. It's just a time and circumstance before you end up doing things you don't really think you would ever do. And so um, we cannot expect to escape idolatry alone. Yeah. And so a lot of women and men struggle alone with yeah. food and put on a face and think like, oh, or hide behind humor. I was always one that would be like, oh, just, you know, my fluff. Sure. Like, I'm all fluffy, you know, I got this. But um going home and just crying because I felt not worthy to be pursued or like all of that stuff. And so, and I'm 35 and single. And so a lot of times, even still, I have to fight against the lies that, you know, oh, I'm not pursuable because I'm heavy. And no, I'm heavy, but I'm very pursuable because I love Jesus and God is over all of that. And so um, it's a fight. And because food is something we have to have every single day. That's what I wanted to ask you about. So how do you then have a healthy, how do we move from it controlling us to having a healthy, do, is it still a relationship then? If it's healthy, is it still considered a relationship with food healthy or is it? Yeah. I mean, I have a relationship with um, coffee. I have a relationship with my car. Like we have a relationship with anything because we're human and we can't help but put any, we, we can't help but make associations. Like our brain actually is wired to do that. And so how we're able to function neurologically is making associations. And so we're gonna have a relationship with anything. And so it's about where that thing is in its place. And one of the things I just keep telling myself is keep food in its proper place. Mm -hmm. um, it is good. fuel for our body. That happens to taste wonderful, which points back to the grace of God that he's given us taste buds yeah. and flavors yeah. instead of it just being mush, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it is something that it needs to just be in its proper place. And I really think that it's always going to be um, just a struggle we have to fight against because Satan uses the very thing that symbolizes our physical need for life mm -hmm. to be able to attack our spiritual need for life. That's why he came to the garden with food. He came to Jesus in Matthew 4 with food. And that's why biblical fasting is so powerful because it says, I choose to go against the initial sin grain. Satan, you used food to come into the world through sin. I'm going to say no to that to where I'm going to the very core of your very beginning strategy. And I'm inviting the Lord in to fulfill that physical need. Imagine if Eve would have done that. Like, no, nope, I don't need 
physical food right now. I need to go check with the Lord and see what he wants me to do. Yeah. yeah. So Jen, I have a quick question. Have. Do you ever have an accountability partner? Yes. So like, I mean, this is so crazy, but like leaving here tonight, I was like, where am I going to go eat? Cause I'm starving. But like, I, I feel like my husband is sort of my accountability partner. So when I do like long fast, I mean, he'll check in with me like, did you eat anything today? And I'm like, no, doing good. But um, do you have an accountability partner? Do you have someone that you're like, okay, I'm going to have a couple stressful weeks where you could maybe be tempted to go run through Taco Bell or Chick-fil-A? Like, do you have someone? Yeah, I do. And um, I have a many someones, which is another thing of God's grace because we don't come out of idolatry alone, like I said earlier. And so um, really where my life shifted and I saw that power really come in to be able to make different choices was when I held myself accountable to do so. Um, one of the funniest things God showed me is he said, Jenna, your choice button is not broken. You make choices all the time, sweet girl. Like, I mean, you choose to get out of bed and go to work when you don't want to. So saying that you can't really make the choice to say no to food isn't really working anymore because I'm revealing some new truth here. Your choice button's not broken. It's your belief button that is off kilter. And so I had to really dig into the belief part of it, but through that choice and doing things differently, I had to say, okay, I've got to be able to put accountability in place. And so God connected me to a mentor um, and I had to just get real ugly with all the details and be like, okay, here's what I'm doing. Um, here's what I want to do. Here's what I'm struggling with. And we, we prayed and that's um, the key right there. Yeah. If your mentor or your accountability partner is not praying with you first, get a new one. Yeah. yeah. Well, prayer is the fragrance of that, the the incense that was in the altar when God built the tabernacle and like it it's a fragrance that releases to the Lord that accompanies sacrifice and so whenever we pray it immediately shifts our positioning of the heart um, to be able to get into more of a sacrificial mode and so sometimes I just was like God I don't really know what to pray but just your name. And that was powerful enough. But I, so through the progression, I got a mentor and then God just kept positioning people in my life to where, um, he literally plopped me in a group of four women. And so it's, it's us five and we just are constantly in accountability with each other. And then my mentor on the other side, and then I was mentoring. And so holding myself accountable by, if I'm speaking truth, how am I living truth? So mentor up, mentor down is something I really believe is powerful um, when you're at a position to do so. Spend your time getting right first before you can mentor down. But um, it was just a blessing that God just showed me in all of that walk to be able to have the spiritual structure of sisters in Christ. And that was a big part of the beginning stages of my freedom to where I know I could not have done what I've done alone. And honestly, I had to force myself to be vulnerable. Like right. I had to really go yeah. to God and be like, all right, let's talk about this vulnerability thing because I'm a counselor. I'm a leader. Like I'm supposed to have it together. And, um, he's like, well, that's really prideful. So, <laughs> and it's a lie. It's a lie yeah. from Satan that yeah. we have to have it together yeah. because absolutely, I just, I don't think that we will ever all have it all together. Uh If you've got one thing over here that you have just conquered and it is going great, you have a mess over here. Mm -hmm. It's just, you're always a work in progress. Mm -hmm. And so it's a lie from the enemy. If you think I can't do this until I have everything together, Mm -hmm. I can't be close and vulnerable. And that's what Satan does. He tries to divide us and keep us isolated instead of having those mentors and friendships and iron sharpening iron. 
I'm excited about this because, you know, I was talking um, with a friend not long ago saying, I'm finally at this point, I don't know if it came with getting older or what, that I'm okay not being super thin, right? It's my looks are not everything and I'm okay. Of course, I'd love to be healthy, but what I'm not okay with, what bothers me is not having freedom of being um, chained to the food, of it having control over me. Yeah. And that's what I want freedom from. If I never look thin again, mm-hmm. I'll be okay if I can, that control sure. is off of yeah. me. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think that a lot of people feel that way. It's not, can't just be me, no. you know? Well, we immediately see ourselves differently when we struggle with food because right. that's immediately what happened with Adam and Eve. I mean, that connection is just immediate. And so it's interesting to kind of parallel that whenever I am on point with my food and walking in freedom with it, I don't, I like, honestly, I kind of forget that I'm bigger and I'll look in the mirror and I'll be like, oh, oh yeah, you are bigger. Okay. That's all right. We get this. But when I, I don't really like look at myself because freedom from idolatry is a position perspective outward. And so when we're caught in that stronghold of idolatry, it's very much a position inward. And so, um, I'm able to really look out and not think and worry about what people are going to think about me or even think what I think about me. And honestly, if people do look somewhere or look weird, I'm like, I'm sorry, you didn't create me or die for me or take up residence within me. So you don't get to define nothing to me. Yeah. Love you, but we're okay. Um, but whenever I am off with my food and walking in kind of flirting with the stronghold of that, then I'm very body conscious, very self-conscious. And I, I show that, I feel that, and I don't allow the Lord to fill that space within me. To be I think since I've met you, like you exude peace. Thank you. Like you just have this like glow about you. And from the moment I met you, I was like, you were like the most peaceful person. Like you just are drawn to you. So I think I haven't seen you in the stronghold. I've only seen you when you're in freedom, walking in freedom. And you're just a joy. I truly like, if people get to walk with you, it's a joy. And people are going to get to read your book and just see that freedom and the walk that you've done. It's just amazing. So I think you're just awesome. Thank you. That's a huge, that's probably the biggest compliment anybody could give me because it reflects the presence and the healing. Because when I was walking in idolatry and rebellion for like 10 years, I mean, I was a different person. Like you, I don't even recognize me. Mm-hmm. Um, God is so good to transform I us. Like, I He's so good. I actually had found like an old message um, when I was like in my crazy heyday that I had, um, it was like a message that I back and forth with a guy and I was like, who is that Jezebel? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, who gave it? But it's just so crazy to see that. I just think of John when God or Jesus says, peace, I leave with you. Your peace doesn't come from the world. And so one of my favorite sayings that God gave me um, in one of the workshops I did recently was, um, Peace is not found on a battlefield. You have to bring your peace through the Holy Spirit so that even on a battlefield, you can still have peace. Isn't that Amen. good? Right. Well, we talk about that too, where um, like when we went to do prison ministry and we, we did the conference there, um, that it, it's, it's hectic and it's a long day. And then you go to sleep. We were at the hotel and then get up the next morning and we're exhausted, right? And I didn't get in the word that morning. And I started to have thoughts of, oh no, oh no. Yeah. And then and then all of a sudden I heard God say, if you don't have it by now, you're not going to get it this morning. Right. You know what I mean? You can't <laughs> fill up on the word real quick before you go into that prison to, yeah. you know, it was all the work I did before we came to the battlefield. It was, it was all of that prep. Yes. And so and we saw, I think, I feel like, you know, when you look at the conference, 
we saw a difference in the way that that conference was yeah. that we just did because the battle prep was re like we were ready. Yeah, you know, right. we, we did prep, you know, and you could you could see evidence of that in the way that just everything went, yeah. you know. And so there is you do so much work before you even go into yeah. battle. You know, you got to go in armored up. What I was uh, thinking earlier um, and just in conclusion is that what Jenna, what you're talking about is not just available for you. It's available for everyone. That freedom is available for everyone. Exactly. And that if anybody's watching this and we'll link, you know, your book and when it's coming available, but this is not just for a special few. I mean, cause, cause there's so many of us who struggle with us and we can listen to you and kind of, kind of feel a little bit hopeful. And then immediately Satan's like, Oh no, that yeah. just works for her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or her people, but it's for all of us. It's for, this is freedom. Yeah. Jesus came to bring us freedom. It's available for everyone. And, um, and I think what somebody said that, you know, you have to be willing to do the work. We, you know, um, I think it was Charles Spurgeon says, you take an inch toward God and God runs the miles towards you. You know what I mean? So it's not like, it's not like, oh, all this work. You just, you just go to Jesus, as best you know, tilt your heart toward the, toward the Lord and he will just come come rushing in because he does the work. Yeah. You know, he I does mean, the work. I love that you said that, Jane, because it is so true. I mean, if you, again, go back to the original template strategy from Satan in the garden, Eve had a different relationship with food than Adam did. Adam's view of the food was way different than Adam's or than Eve's view of the food. And so every single person has a different relationship with food. And so not one relationship is different. Just like I can't say, Elizabeth, you're in your husband's relationship is just like Jane and her husband's. Mm -hmm. Like we each have our own unique relationships with it. And so that means each of our different healing processes and journeys are going to be so different. And in the groups, I use two little bitty puzzle pieces and I actually make the girls close their eyes and try to put these puzzles together. It's really kind of funny. Um, but then I say, well, open your eyes and I'll put them together. And it's just the time and intentionality that they can do it when their eyes are open to it. But the two different puzzles, one's a very hard puzzle and one's more of a simple puzzle. And so some people, this goes back to your spirit of comparison thing you were talking about earlier. If we're comparing the sex success that they have on their journey of healing to my journey of healing, they didn't come to the table with maybe as complex pieces. of a puzzle piece mm -hmm. that I have. Yeah. Um, and so if we compare, then I'm going to get knocked off on my healing journey mm -hmm. and play into Satan's spirit of comparison and just continue that cycle. And so it very much is everybody's walk in my life versus Galatians 5.1 that says it is for freedom that I have set you free. So stand firm and don't turn again to the yoke of slavery. Mm -hmm. And so um, God just reminds me every single time in this journey that I'm still currently in, um, Jenna, the very reason I died for you, the very reason I died for every single person is that they can walk in freedom. Mm -hmm. And so stand firm. Don't go again to the yoke of slavery mm -hmm. because there is hope. Hope is growing vineyards up ahead. Mm -hmm. And it's just keep walking. And so... It is commit to the process, not the results. That's a, probably the best encouragement I can give to anybody that struggles with food is so commit to the process. So okay, so one thing that, would you like to close us out in prayer? Yeah, thank you. Okay, that'd be awesome. Thank yeah. you. Father, thank you so much just for this opportunity, just to just bear my heart open, Lord, with this struggle. Lord, thank you for the healing that you've already taken place, that you've already, that has already taken place in me to where I'm able to do that. Um, Lord, I just pray that you would 
just show up in a mighty way in every single person's life, Lord, that is struggling with food. I pray that you would absolutely show very distinctly how you are the bread of life mm-hmm. um, and that we are able spiritually to completely rely completely on you. Lord, I just ask that you would just sweep every single person off of their feet, Lord. Um, continue to do that to me. But Lord, it is ultimately found, freedom is ultimately found when we surrender to you. And Lord, I know you have shared, you've told me over and over, if I hide any part of my story out of fear of what people are going to think, it is not a surrendered story to you anymore, but it is a secure one from my own hands. And that's where you cannot work in. And so, Lord, I pray that each and every person who is struggling with this would be able to step forward, get into some accountability, get into some support groups, get into just this truth, Lord, that you would be able to set them free. Lord, I love you so much, and I thank you for your healing and for such the tenacity that you pursue our hearts, Lord, even in the midst of when we are hiding from you. The love that you have for us is just nothing compares. Lord, I love you, and I thank you for these beautiful women. I pray a special blessing over Altered Ministries that they would continue to just take your word and your strength and your peace and your purpose into the life of everyone who comes in contact with them. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.